members of the PHFFL. What is going on? Commissioner Conlin here coming at you once again for another episode of the Race to Three podcast. Belly it up here at Tuck's Pub. Before we get into anything, let's go ahead. Let's start off right. Let's crack cold one. Not going to hear the typical cracking sound you hear. That's because I'm popping bottles tonight. We have Bushlight out of the bottle. Let's take a little pull. Let's wet let the whistle. See what it's all about. Yeah, I tell you what. Beer out of the bottle. It's just so much more crisp. Crisp and clean. Just like tonight's episode is going to be crisp and clean. That is fitting. Uh, before we get into anything, I'll just come out and I'll address the elephant in the room. Everyone wanted to know. Had a lot of interest. A lot of people checking up on my well-being on how I was dealing with and how I dealt with that 38 to 3 ass kicking that Quinn Pelz's Norlin Saints laid on my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I'm not going to lie, not, not well, did not do well with it. 48 hours, I was in, I don't know what the stages of denial, depression, yada, 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 whatever it was. I went through all those. I think we've come out to the other end of the tunnel. I'm feeling better now. It was embarrassing on Sunday. Quinn, hats off to you guys. You guys, you, James Winston, you guys were eating some W's. You guys should deserve a whole freaking W buffet for that ass kicking you had. Really, I, I do not wish to see you guys in the playoffs. So uh, if the Buccaneers make the playoffs, if the Saints make it to the playoffs, I just pray to sweet Jesus that someone else matches up with the Saints and takes them out. So Tampa Bay does not have to take a third crack at the Saints because I don't think I would like how that would end up. <sighs> That's enough. Might have turned to whiskey thinking about that again. Let's just watch the whistle one more time. All right, that's better. That's a little feel-good juice. So let's dive into the show. Um, it's exciting. We're starting to get to that point in the season where things become very, very meaningful. We're in the home stretch of the regular season here in the PHFFL. Every game, every game always matters. But now a playoff pitcher starting to shape in every game really, really matters and has huge implications on who is going to be in the PHFL promised land, who is going to be going after the first overall pick in the 2021 PHFFL rookie draft, and who could potentially be dreading that daunted paper bag on their head when we get together this spring slash summer for the annual PHFFL Nerf Howler and Kegger. I'm pumped up for it. I'm excited about it. So let's go ahead and get into it. Before we get into it, though, I guess I got hit a housekeeping item. One housekeeping item, and I had meant to bring it to you guys, a reminder with Ben last week. I had forgotten to do so. I think I forgot to do so like two or three times throughout the show. I kept thinking, oh, shit, remind me about it. Never happened. I forgot. Very, very important to note, our trade deadline is this Friday at 2 a.m. Central Time. So 11, 13, Friday the 13th, probably not a good day to be wheeling and dealing. I mean, bad things are going to happen. But that is when it is, Friday the 13th, this Friday at 2 o'clock a.m. Um, it's time. It's that time. Take a look at your guys' rosters. Make, make a decision. What are you going to do? Are you going all in for this year? Do you just need a few pieces to the puzzle to get in there and compete and go for a title and get some of that? 
PHFF hardware, get one of those nice trophies put up in your man cave? Or is it, is it time to just face the, face, face the music, face the facts that it's not your team's year and it's time to start trying to build, get building blocks and foundations for years to come? Um, your decision, you have to make it in the next 48 hours. So trade deadline, Friday, 2 o'clock a.m., don't want anyone surprised when that comes. Trades won't be able to go through anymore. I'll make sure I send out another reminder on the Facebook feed between now and then. I mean, I imagine all you guys will have listened to this episode. You're all such loyal listeners. I'm sure of it. You guys will have probably already heard this portion. Um, just in case you're not, I'll put it in the Facebook feed. Um, also important to highlight, and I don't know if I had yet or not, but I am coming at you guys on a Wednesday night instead of Thursday. Uh, so a little different vibes yet yet again this week with it being a Wednesday at the in-laws. They're coming through in town on Thursday. I I, I, I got I got to be entertaining people. Can't be podcasting tomorrow night. So I bringing you all the content you need to know about PHFFL tonight. With that, no more rambling. Let's kick it over to a transaction corner. One that I anticipate being very, very slim pickings because our waiver wires don't run till tomorrow. But I'll open it up anyway. Scroll through here. See what we got, see what we can't bring to the league, and see if we can't unpack any of this stuff for you all. Um, opening up here, first thing I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of cuts going through since Sunday. People getting ready to make transactions for tomorrow morning. Um, no one really of note. I'll pour one out. I'll drink one for Des Bryant himself. That's good, Des. Uh, the Nate underdogs, they went ahead and they had picked up Des Bryant. You know, Des was upgraded from the practice squad to the active roster for the Baltimore Ravens. Unfortunately, you know, Nate, he, he ran the experiment. He thought to himself, you know, Des Bryant, let's see if he can throw up the X's one or two more times. Unfortunately, at least for week nine, that was not the case. Zero targets, zero catches, zero yards. Des Bryant was irrelevant and he's now back to where he rightfully belongs which is the waiver wire of the phffl uh scrolling through the rest of this um i don't know if there's really anything else i'm going to highlight here um no I, I, i'm not I'm, I'm keeping this short and simple we're gonna be under an hour no doubt about it let's get out of this transaction corner and jump into the mailbag. So let's open up the mailbox here. Um, you know, in past episodes I had highlighted, I had my guest confirm mailbox. She was chocked full. I could hardly sift through all the mail. Turns out I, I sifted through a lot of it now. Turns out a lot of that was just political propaganda that was getting sent to me with the election going on just a bunch of just a bunch of political shit that was sent to me i've discarded i have thrown all of that away and i only got one letter in the mailbox so this this is the one letter we have and so what does that mean for the mailbag portion of this show to continue in the future weeks you guys are gonna have to have to pick up your pens pick up your paper send in your questions or like we showed last week, now I have cap capabilities for the voice messages, a little voice box drop, you know. Maybe you just want to 
get a question answered. Maybe you just want to talk some shit. Maybe you want to talk shit about this show. Maybe you want to talk shit about your opponent, your upcoming opponent, opponent you just kicked the ass of. Whatever it may be, you can reach out to Commissioner Conlon, to the Race of Three podcast. Uh, to do that, you just go to anchor.fm backslash phffl backslash message. Go ahead, hit it up, drop in some voice messages. I get a kick out of them. I'll put them in the show. But with no more further ado, I'm going to address this question I have here. And this question comes from Mount Daddy, owner and GM of Russ Cook. So he had reached out and sent in a letter. Uh, Let me get it here boiled up. He says, Commissioner Conlon, how are we doing the last two weeks of the season again? Question mark. Um, Good question, Mount Daddy. Very timely, very topical. I'm glad you brought it up because, believe it or not, I was having another discussion uh, later in the night, and that same topic had had came up again of the last two weeks of the season. How is the schedule set on that? Um, So, again, just to reiterate and remind everybody, last week or last year, I guess I should say, was the first year where we had introduced the concept of standings week. What was standings week? That was essentially the number one team playing the number two team, number three team playing the number four team, vice versa, all the way down through 11 and 12. The mindset or the thought process around that was, uh, so we're a 12-team league. Historically, we have ran with 12 weeks in the regular season. With the week 13 bye, we've expanded this year. But historically, 12 weeks, so what's that mean? It means you get a stab at every owner in this league. You get to play them one time. So there's 11, 11 weeks, 11 matchups. Then we always had that 12th week, which was a little random uh, to add a little bit more juice, a little bit more excitement around it. Wanted to make sure we paired those up to be very, very meaningful games, make sure everyone was playing very, very like record opponents um, so, so we could get the best that we possibly could, get a playoff environment going in week 12 prior to playoffs even actually starting same themes going to carry through for this year. So again, this year we have a week 12 and we also have a week 13 regular season. So what does that mean? So you can go in here now, you can look, there is games scheduled for week 12, week 13. That will not likely be who you're going to be playing. So I will go in after the conclusion of the prior week and I will be setting those matchups to match the standings week. So week 12 this year, will be a standings week, and it will be a same division, in your division, intra-division standings week. Um, let me pull up the standings. I'll give you examples to, so you guys can all understand what the hell I'm talking about. Otherwise, it's probably just rambling. So, for example, essentially what's going to happen in the pigskin power, number one is going to play number two, number three is going to play number four, number five is going to play number six. Exact same thing is going to happen for the Gridiron Gorillas. So to give you an example of that, for within the big pigskin power, right now the matchup would be the Boys of Fall versus Russ Cook. Then number three and number four, Girlie's Gone Wild versus Jerry's Kids would be battling now. And then ultimately the final matchup would be Wham Bam, Fuck You Cam versus the Nate Underdogs. Um, so that that's it. That's going to be week 12. So that those are going to be meaningful, important games. You're going to be going against someone that you're probably trying to jump against in the uh, playoff seedings. This will give you the chance to do that. You show up, you put up, you'll be able to make that happen. 
in week 13. This is going to get really intense. It's going to be really exciting. We are going to have cross-division standings week. So we're going to have pigskin power versus gridiron gorillas, all six matchups. Number one versus number one, two versus two, three versus three, all the way down to six versus six. And what we're going to do, this is new, so I'm going to look for some feedback on this. As long as people say they don't completely hate it, we're going to roll with it. What we're going to do is we're going to put a little little, uh, little, little something, something out there, a little prize out there to the winning division. What is that prize going to be? Essentially, we always get together spring slash summer. I don't know what you consider at the beginning of June. I consider that summer. I'm going to say we get together in the summer. And we have the Nerf Howler game, and we have beer. We have a bunch of beer there. What we're going to do now, the losing division, they're, they're going to they're gonna be taking that beer, purchasing off my plate. So I'll, I'll still provide the food. I'll still provide any other kind of refreshments we need for that day. But the losing division in this matchup is going to be responsible for providing the beer for that day. How are we going to decide that? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Whichever team wins the most games, the losing team is going to be the one that's buying, buying the beer for the day. Obviously, there's a chance that there's split. There's a 3-3 split, pigskin power versus gridiron gorillas. We split 3-3. If that is the case, the tiebreaker will be set up. I will math it out in whichever teams put up the most combined points together. So all six teams put up the most combined points together. That will be crowned our champion. I'm pretty pumped up about it. Uh, what I plan to do and what I hope to do those final two weeks, what I wanted to try to get is two critical I want to find a critical matchup, and I want to bring two owners in both of those games and either A, get you to belly up here at Tuck's Pub with me, or B, get you guys tapped in on the phone just like we had Ben the other week and have you guys there. You guys will have big, pivotal, mean, meaningful games, playoff football before playoff football even begins. That's got to get you excited. Just give you guys a chance to get the shit talking started a little bit earlier, get the juices flowing, get a little hype going around this. Um all, all, all I'll say about week 13 standings week, you know, pigskin power is going to whoop that gridiron gorilla's ass. With that, let's jump in to the meat of tonight's show. And as always, the meat of tonight's show is brought to you by Old Faithful. It is brought to you by TNT Barbecue. I tell you what, whether it's steaks, burgers, smoked sausage, Turkeys, we're, 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 we're in November. It's seasonal now. Turkeys, that, that, that's on our resume. That's on the TNT resume. I tell you what, we smoke it right, and it's dynamite. This ain't no All Meat Matters barbecue. This ain't no RGQ barbecue. This is TNT barbecue. Our meat is dynamite. All right, let's open up the platter. Let's look at the tray. Yep, I'd say that's a turkey leg. That is a turkey leg. It is looking good, looking delightful. The meat of tonight's show. We're getting back to the regular theme of the show. We're going to go look at the rewind, look at last week, see how everyone fared, and then take a look ahead to next week. Jump into the rewind. Here we are. Back in week nine, opening up the box scores of week nine. The first matchup we're going to bring you guys, this is... A potential, I mean, it showed its potential this week. This is a potential standings week showdown. It's a potential paper bag showdown in the future. 
this was a matchup of two teams that only had two wins at the time. The Nate Underdogs versus Show Me Where You Shit From. Um, show Me Where You Shit From. They saw they saw more buttholes than they knew what to do with. They they weren't they weren't liking what they saw as they only put up 70 points. So they, they got beat pretty handily by the Nate underdogs. The Nate underdogs go ahead and they win 109 to 69 in this matchup. That puts the Nate underdogs up to three and six. That has to make him happy. He's dancing in victory lane. Show me where you shit from down to two and seven, not feeling happy. Only 70 points. A lot wrong had to happen here for you. Let's open this up. Let's scroll through here and highlight a few of the things that did go wrong. Um, the first one, Justin Jackson, I'm pretty sure he was hurt on the very first play of the game, if I'm not mistaken, maybe came back briefly for a play and then was gone again. I honestly don't know what his status is or what happened with him, so I've not followed up on that. But long story short, he gave you a goose egg. You don't like seeing that out of one of your halfback spots. That's rough. Um, another guy that might as well have given you a goose egg was, uh, God, I'm going to have to whip my whistle again because we go back to Sunday night. Uh, bad flashbacks, bad flashbacks. Old TB12, Tampa Tom, he was only good for 4.45 points. I mean, everyone saw it. He only completed 57.9 of his passes, only good for 209 yards, and had those three interceptions. Don't like seeing that. That's going to be hard, Jake, when your quarterback and one of your halfback slots only combined 4.45. Not great. The silver lining, if we're going to point something that was positive or a couple positive things, I'll say on this roster, uh, one, or we'll give you a three. One, Michael Thomas is back. Did he have a big game? No, he did not. Only only threw up 10 points, but it's his first week back in a matchup where they really didn't need to go to him a lot because Bucks weren't much competition. Um, he was still out there getting his legs back underneath him. You got to like that for weeks to come. He's got better days ahead. A.J. Brown continues to be a stud. He, he was your highest scorer on the week. Got you 20.1 points, so he's averaging 18.8 on the year. Second-year wide receiver continues to look promising, continues to make big plays. You have to be liking that. The last thing I'll highlight for silver defining on your squad here is uh, old Tua on the bench. You know, I think TB12 is still your guy for this year, but Tua, um, what a difference a week makes. So I don't even think he went north of 100 yards uh, in his first start of the year. No, he did not. He only had 93. He was only good for eight points. Uh, completely different looking quarterback, flashing back against Kyle Murray, back to the college Bama, Oklahoma days. Uh, he looked like Alabama. Tua for sure. So completing 71 of his passes, two tutties, getting it done on the ground too. He was good for 28 points. You have to like that. Your team needs a future at that quarterback position. Brady's not going to play forever. Tua very well might be that. Nate Daddy, let's pivot over to your squad. Let's see what went well, what didn't go well. Uh, you know, Jake, he, he caught some bad luck there with Justin Jackson. You caught some bad luck with David Montgomery. He also went out with a concussion. I don't know at what point it was he went out with a concussion, but it was early enough that he only scored you have 5.2 points. It does look like he got actually a decent amount of carries, so 14 carries. Going against that tough front there in Tennessee, they don't allow a lot of breathing room for running backs to run. He was only good for 2.1 yards a pop. That's frustrating. That's tough. That's difficult to deal with. Um, and really your catalyst, your driver, for me anyways, to get, to get you this W, was one of two players. One, Matt Ryan. 
Um, he was hooking up. He was finding Julio Jones. He was slinging, getting him the rock. Uh, let's open up this box score. I mean, three touchdowns, 284 yards. He was good for 31 points for you. That had to make you happy. That was really the driver for you. And then another guy who we hadn't seen done it in a while anyways. I mean, he started out the season hot for you and then he got injured. That was John Brown himself going against that more than suspect Seattle secondary. He was good for eight catches for 99 yards on 11 targets. You got to like that. So he hasn't had double-digit targets since week one where you got 10 against the Jets. Typically, I think of John Brown, more of a stretch of the field, just take a few shots at him here and there. He's shown at least a couple times that he's definitely capable to be, I want to call him the target hog, but a guy that demands attention and gets targets. You got to like that. End of the day, those two players were enough to get you by the dreaded, unfortunate performance by showing me where you ship from. Congratulations, Nate Underdog. You're up to three and six. Let's go ahead and get into this next matchup. Who do we have here? We had Luck Russ Cook going up against none other than. Said you come from me Daniel Offridge's centers like me had to get that drop in there. So Nate Daddy had also sent through the voicemail box. He had sent in a nice snippet, a nice, nice drop of centers like me, giving me a friendly reminder that, hey, the league wants to hear some chief. Give us some chief. I'll start getting that in there a little bit more often. Thank you for the song and thank you for the reminder, Nate Daddy. Um, this was a big game. When we talk, start talking about how impactful games are, I mean, you look at this game. So this would have been a game of a five and three Russ Cook versus at the time a four and four centers like me. Um, a win from Dan essentially puts these two teams that are clawing against each other. Would have put both of them sitting at five and four. Um, unfortunately for Dan, what happens here is Lut Russ Cook. Russ continues to cook, and he helps repel the team to 124-point win to centers like me, 112. Let's go ahead. We'll start with the winner this time. Let's see what went well for him here. Um, I, I already mentioned it. Russ, he continues to cook. Ben brought that awesome stat last week that I had not heard yet, that up to that point anyways, and I would imagine it probably still holds true, that Russell Wilson had had put up the most fantasy points to date um, out of any quarterback ever. And that, I'm sure, continues to hold true here. So, And it's even more impactful when you talk about our league here. I'm pretty sure we're giving a point for every 20 yards passing versus 25 and six points for a passing touchdown versus four. When you have a quarterback playing like this, it's just that much more impactful. I'll continue to scroll through here. James Robinson, I mean, we highlighted him quite a bit last week. I'll just say, hey, this guy, he, he might end up being the real deal. He went ahead, got himself another 15.9 points last week. He's holding down that halfback slot there for Russ Cook. Julio Jones did Julio Jones thing things um juju we, we we talked about juju in that trade last week juju i would assume with 21.3 points not quite his best but his second best game of the season so far in this week uh, of this season so he was good for 93 yards and a tutty on seven targets was uh, made the most out of those targets so we got six catches out of them you gotta like seeing that with juju um granted yes it was against a suspect dallas cowboys secondary but you'll take it however it comes, I'm sure. Um, unfortunately for you here and what made the game close, you went ahead and you rolled Corey Davis near flex. 
Corey Davis, unfortunately, had his worst game of the season by far. I don't believe there was an injury in here at all. I think it was just a zero-catch day on three targets. Corey Davis gave you a big stinking goose egg right there in your lineup. Um, you, you can't like that too much. Ultimately, the best who would probably been right to roll with is getting Mari Cooper back in there, or you have that guy that's now looking more and more promising in Zach Moss there that you could maybe start looking at your flex play. I would let Corey Davis ride the pine for a little bit longer. Let's flip it over. Um, I mean, this was quarterback showdown, so talk about how much Russ has been cooking. That now franchise quarterback for centers like me, Justin Herbert, continues to impress. So getting 30.7 points. Um, don't know how many of you guys saw the end of that game. Easily could have been another six points added on this last play. Zero seconds left, left on the clock. Justin Herbert had thrown what at least at first looked like a touchdown pass to win the game for the Los Angeles Chargers. And to give centers like me another six points, keep this thing even tighter, uh, that was overturned. That was overruled. Incomplete pass. Heartbreaking for the Chargers. Great for the Raiders. Um, but again, he, he was north, just north 30 points, got to 30 points, over 300 yards passing, two tutties, uh, and, he, and he's been careful, careful with the ball. You got to like what you're seeing out of your quarterback there. Keep scrolling through here. J.D. McKissick. So I uh, struggled to pronounce his name last week, talked a little bit too much shit, and J.D. comes out and he says, you know what, I'm going to show Dan's making good moves. Dan's playing a guy that deserves to be started here in this league. Uh, he went out against the Giants. And he got you 17 points. He had to like that. By far and away, the majority of it was on nine catches for 65 yards. If he continued to be involved in the passing game like that, which maybe he will with Alex Smith now there at the helm, um, you could have yourself a viable PP, PPR halfback play. Stefan Diggs continued to do Stefan Diggs stuff. Got you 20 points. Really what sunk your ship, and I feel bad about it. We got to reflect back on that Sunday night again. I hate doing it. Um, you you would have been down, let's see here, let's just call it 24 points, I guess, is what you would have been down going into Sunday night football, having Mike Evans, having Rob Gronkowski against Saints, what profiled to be a decently high-scoring game in a game where he thought the Bucks would be in it. Um, unfortunately, that was far from the truth. Really, no one was viable from a fantasy perspective out of Tampa Bay. Obviously, when you almost get shut out, that's going to happen. Mike Evans was only good for 10 points. Gronk, worst week for a while, and got you 1.2. So, they only combined for 12. Dan, I'm sorry my Buccaneers let you down. A lot of people want to know, Mike Evans, what's going on with that. Um, end of the day, the guy, the guy is getting open. He just has not been getting the looks. I still project that to change at some point in time. Um, I think you'll get back into the weeks where he's getting you a nice floor of, let's call it 14, 15 points being his floor on there. And then when he throws in the touchdowns, getting you up into the 20s, I don't project, don't profile for him to have many more of those two-point weeks or 5.7-point weeks. With that said, Brady's distributing the ball, a lot of weapons, a lot of mouths to feed down there in Tampa. I could be wrong on that, but that's what I think. End of the day, Lush Cook gets a leg up in the playoff competition here. Goes to six and three. Centers like me, four and five. Very, very much in the thick of things, the heat of things. Scrapping and clawing against many, many other teams. On to the next matchup. We had a wham, bam, fuck you, Cam. Ooh, he goes big here. 140 points. The best. Hungry, horny, and he, he, Henry. Or Ben's version of it. 
hungry, horny, and he, he, Henry. Whichever one you subscribe to, either one will work. I go with the former, the first one. Um, let's start with hungry, horny, and he, he, Henry. Big week out of Sean Watson, getting him 31 points, but really killed him, sunk his ship here. You know, I, I'm hard on Devin Singletary. He was only good for six points. Eric Henry, the guy you have the namesake on, he was going against a very, very tough Chicago defense. Was only good for 6.8 points. You hate seeing that. That's tough. Adam Thielen, he also had a tough week, only getting you 5.8. I'm going to open up to Adam Thielen here because I know he started out on a complete heater of the season up through week six. Since the bye, it's been interesting. He's given you two stinkers where he's been underneath six points twice. I project that change in the near future for him. Um, I think he'll get more involved, start getting looks. I think these last two weeks has been more factor of they probably haven't been passing that much. I think I saw somewhere um, Kirk Cousins is only good for like 31 pass attempts over the last two weeks. That's because Dalvin Cook has been burning it up on the ground. So I think better days ahead there. Uh, let's scroll. Is there anything I want to highlight on the bench? Not really other than, you know, Antonio Brown, he was on the field a decent amount of time. He did get some looks. As he gets more comfortable for that offense, you may have another viable option there that you can eye on your flex. Way of your lineup now is the way I would anticipate you continuing to roll that out there. Uh, switching over the wham, bam. Buck, you can. Uh, his rook, his boy that he drafted in the first pick, Jerry Judy, he, he, he had a hell of a day for him. He was good for 25.5 points. So he had seven catches for 125 yards. The thing that has to excite you the most there, Al, and this is that was on 14 targets, 10 targets the week before. So Drew Locke starting to hone in, zone in on Jerry Judy. Typically, rookie wide receivers, they take a little while to get jump started. It's usually the back half of a rookie season where maybe they start showing promise. I imagine that holds through even or holds more true even in time of COVID with limited off-season work. Maybe you got big things ahead there with Jerry Judy. Um, I think for sure, at least in the future, I'm a Jerry Judy fan. Go through here. You know, the guy that you're, you're flipping the bird to, he actually gave you a pretty decent game for once. Cam Newton, he got you 27.3 points. Got completely jacked up in that game. Says his neck hurts a little bit now. I don't blame him. I'm amazed he held on the ball in that game. And then the last thing, I mean, Terry Scary, he, he, he went – he went and got you 24.5 points. Um, question is, Alex Smith, once he settles in, gets more comfortable being on an NFL field again. I mean, Terry, he's been he's been a consistent performer all year. But maybe if Alex Smith can even add another element to that offense and level him up a little bit, maybe Terry can even do bigger things for you. Sitting at position rank 12 on the year, already a great year. Maybe he can level up even from that. Nice work on the W, wham, bam, fuck you, Cam. Hungry, horny, <laughs> Henry, better luck next week. Getting into now what is, and this was a big, big matchup as well. We now have two five and four teams here. The OBJYN bested, girlie's gone wild, 144. It, uh, excuse me, the OBJYN bested him 148 to 144.2 for girlie's gone wild. Um, Patrick Mahomes, he did Patrick Mahomes thing. He's been really lighting the world on fire lately. He was good for 42 points. Keenan Allen, we've talked plenty about Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen, I mean, he's been a huge benefactor of that. He was good for 25 points in this game. And Will Fuller, he continues. I mean, he's staying healthy, and he's continuing to do big things this year. So averaging 16.4 points, position rank 14, 
Um, you got to be like, well, what you're seeing out of him has not been nearly boom as bust, has been help, has been healthy. Let's keep those hamstrings healthy, and I think he'll continue to have a good player you can roll out there. Um, and I'll, I'll tip my hat to you, Wayne Gallman. He, he was a viable play. He did well. Got you 14.7 points. Don't know how many more weeks that's going to happen. Luckily for you, I think Mike Davis, it sounds like you'll be able to plug in in the near future. We'll get to that later in the show. Um, really, I'll, I'll pivot over to Gurley's gone wild now. DJ Shark, he, he came alive. I can't even think of the name of that quarterback right now in Jacksonville that was there playing, but he hooked up with DJ Shark for a long, long tutty. I believe the second play of the game, DJ Shark was good for 27.6 points. You got to like to see that. I mean, he was a young, promising player last year. Hasn't really lived up to it or shown that promise this year outside of maybe one other game. Um, had a big thing. Maybe this new quarterback, Jake Luton, that's the name. Maybe he'll come in. Maybe he'll aim for DJ Shark early and often. Maybe DJ Shark can get back to a shark attack ways and get you a nice viable wide receiver there. You can pair with DK Metcalf. Um, what else? Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's just your boy. Parf. If you plug him in, the guy does big things. So he, he was good again this week for 23.3 and ended up being a high, high scoring game there against the Dolphins. Um, other than that, the only thing I want to highlight on this, we're going back to that Sunday night game yet again. Uh, Harv had this wrapped up barely um, in the wee wee. And actually, it looks like there's been a bit of a scoring adjustment. So I don't even think this holds true anymore. But essentially, Ryan suck up kicker for the OBJYN. They were good for four points. At the time, it looked like that was what it was that flipped Gurley's gone wild or flipped the OBJY in into a winner. Now it looks like with a little auto correction, you would have had the lead by 0.6 anyways. But that was a nail biter. I was keeping my eye on that. And they we have two five and four squads now. They're fighting, fighting, fighting for playoff seeding. On to the next matchup where we had. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it it. Maybe I shouldn't, but it was an upset of the Jerry's kids. Barely best in what wasn't the best matchup of the week, but barely best in the Tomcats. 104 points thrown up here to 102. Jerry's kids moves to five and four on the season. So the Tomcats six and three. Again, not a lot of points thrown up in this. Let's see what sunk the ship here. We'll start with the Tomcats. Um, man, he had me feeling good after Thursday night football. Devontae Adams was good for 33.3 points. That just might be his MO. After that, Damn, outside of uh, C.D. Lamb and your kicker, you just didn't get much love or much help from the rest of your squad. So Le'Veon Bell, he was only good for 1.3 points. James Conner only good for four. Interesting that neither of those guys really were on the field or hit or got a lot of attempts. Um, maybe not as surprising for Le'Veon. I mean, he's still pretty new. That offense there still getting integrated in was only good for four carries is what he was provided there. Um, more surprising likely to me watching a bit of that Cowboys Pittsburgh Steelers game. It felt like um, James Conner was getting pulled off the field quite a bit for Benny Snell and the other halfbacks name escapes me now. And the stats bear true to that. So it was only good for nine carries in this game. Makes you wonder what was that? What was that about? Was that just part of the gameplay, or was that was something wrong with Connor? Was he a little banged up where they didn't want to give him a full workload? I think better days ahead for James Connor. I mean, I'm liking his schedule. It looks like the next few weeks here. I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of other four point games out James Connor. 
ultimately your halfbacks to me, that's what sunk your ship. That and the fact that Tyler Lockett only provides you eight points. I mean, you've been relying on him for a lot more than eight points this season. Flip over Jerry's kids. I mean, he kind of neutralized your threat there with Devontae Adams. Every time you were getting points at Devontae Adams, Chad, he was sipping on his Jack D honey because he had Aaron Rodgers going. Rodgers was good for 40 points and right there. That's the difference. I mean, he was good for 40 points uh, this week. Rest of the rest of the squads goes coming through it. Um, not really a whole whole lot to highlight here. So Johnny Smith, he got in the end zone. He was good for 11.2. Zeke had a tough performance. I mean, Steelers Steelers have a very very tough front seven. Not an easy team to run against. That's gonna happen. Um, Leonard Fournette, he got quite a few dump offs in that uh, slot time of a game there for the Bucks. Other outside that, um, not really a whole lot to highlight in this matchup. I mean, this is a pivotal matchup now that Jerry's kids, they're well in the thick of this thing. Tomcats are well in the thick of this game. Both teams grinding, going after it, seeing what they can't do. Final matchup of week nine before we hop in do a quick preview of the week 10 matchups. We had the boys of fall besting the Dirty Van Super Punters. And I mean, this one, you got, got, got to make your heart hurt. Got to make you a little upset there, Nick. So second highest score in the week, 157 points. Unfortunately, my squad is the highest scoring uh, squad this week, 166. You hate to see that when you were sitting, you know, you're scrapping, you're trying to get back in this thing. You've had some unfortunate stuff happen this year. Uh, that puts your record down to three and six. Catapult the boys of fall to eight and one. We'll start with your squad, Nick. Um, Josh Allen against that Seahawks defense. I already highlighted that secondary is suspect at best. Josh Allen got back to his early week ways, looked really, really good. Um, I want to say he threw for three and ran for one. Let's open up the box score and confirm that. Yeah, threw for three, ran for one. Also had 415 yards passing. Shit, I think he was over 200 in the first half, so that was good. Um, Tyreek Hill had a day worth 33 points and man, you had to be, you had to be a happy man. Christian McCaffrey was back and he was back in a big way for 37 points. Um, already alluded to it a little bit. Davis might be getting the start this week. He got banged up. I want to say with a shoulder injury, might lose him again for a week, which has to make sick to your stomach because he gave everyone a reminder real quick, what kind of player he is. Biggest thing that sunk your ship in my eyes, uh, David Johnson, I believe he also had an early, early exit due to a concussion. Um, that's tough. Before he left, he had only had two carries. Those two carries, he had eight yards of pop, so it was potentially going to be a big day against a poor, poor Jacksonville run defense. Um, he was out, and ultimately I think that's probably the difference maker in that. If he stays in, you probably take the cake. I'll flip it over to my squad. Uh, Dalvin Cook, He he's – been on a crazy two-week stretch. That's not going to continue forever, but just south of 40 points with 39.2. Kyler Murray had a huge, huge day, so he saw your Josh Allen and barely raised you. He was good for 46.75. I mean, I think he was north of 100 yards on the ground with a touchdown. He had 106 yards and a touchdown. Also had three touchdown passes through the air, so great day there out of Kyler. Um and again, we highlighted, talked to him about him a lot last week. Travis Kelsey has really been more than consistent in that tight end slot. Everything I could have hoped he would be in that tight end slot. He was good for 10 catches for 159 yards. Really catapulted me to the W. Um, that 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 this puts you in 
every game. It almost has to be a win for you here from on out, Nick. But we'll pause there. That's the rewind. Let's go ahead and get into the look ahead for week 10. All right, here we are. Week 10. Before we get in week 10, I'm going to dig into my little mini fridge here. Let's grab another bushy treat. Crack another cold one. I hope you guys are cracking a cold one. Pouring cocktail. Whatever your vice of choice is, I hope you're indulging and enjoying it. Well, listen to the Race of Three podcast. What a whistle. Crisp and clean, boys. Crisp and clean, just like tonight's show. Here we go. The first one we get into, uh, we have the five and four Jerry's kids versus the two and seven. Show me where you ship from. So let me open up the box score here. Make sure this is the view I like looking at. Um, you know, setting spreads and stuff like that. Typically when transactions haven't ran, when I do these on Wednesdays, rosters might not be set yet. So take some of these take some of these projections and some of these lines I'm going to put out there at the grain of salt. I'll do the best I can to adjust these like we always do. Uh, but looking at it right away, ESPN's projecting an upset alert. So they have the two and seven, the bottom dweller of the PHFFL. They have them projected to have a nice solid week, projected at 124 points, besting the Jerry's kids who's in the middle of a playoff hunt right now with 115.9. So let's look at this, see what's going on. See what's causing these projections to be that way. Um, scrolling through, scrolling through. I mean, really, it, it's liking it's just liking Jake's team across the across the board. So they think Tom Brady's going to have a nice little bounce back with twenty six points. Um, AJ Brown sit, sit, sitting there with fifteen. Michael Thomas sitting there with fifteen. A lot across the board. Uh, Chad's, again, what they highlight. I think it's been highlighted on the show a couple times. They're not a big fan of Jamal Williams holding down that number two spot, especially now with Aaron Jones being back. Uh, and a little suspect of Darnell Mooney there in that wide receiver slot, as well as Cole Beasley. Um, man, th this is what I will say. So we have an eight-point line here. Um I'm going to go ahead. Man, oh man, what am I going to say? Am I going to I'm going to go. I'm going to roll with 2 and 7. Show me where you ship from as an 8-point favorite. I think they're going to cover that this week. So I think Michael Thomas, I think this is going to be his first week where he's really back to being Michael Thomas. I think Mike Williams uh, could have a nice week against the Miami Dolphins. Um, and then I think Tom Brady gets it going much better than last week. I think we have an uptick. I think we're, we're returning the mean. Tom Brady against Panthers have a nice day. Um, and Chad, what I think is going to hold back your roster this week is, is just what ESPN also thinks. I think that wide receiver core mixed in with Jamal Williams, their halfback slot, I just don't think it's going to be enough this week. Um, I think Rodgers, he's going to try like hell to get your team there. I think uh, Brandon Ayuk might have himself a nice day against the Saints, but I think it's not going to be enough. And show me where you ship, ship from covers that eight-point spread. The best is record to three and seven on the year. Let's go ahead. Let's get into the next one where we have a sinners like me versus a Nate 
underdog showdown. Um, we'll have to dig in here a little bit. So right now, the projection they have a centers like me is a 32-point favorite, uh, 117 to 85. I'm looking at my eyes, immediately draw one. We have a tight end slot empty for the Nate underdogs. I imagine that's going to get changed. Uh, two, we have Jarrett Stidham, the backup quarterback in New England, plugged in at the quarterback slot right now. Uh, maybe you know more than I do. Maybe there has been some negative news about Cam Newton. Like I said, he's dealing with a sore neck, I'd heard. Maybe you're on top of something. I understand Matt Ryan's on by for you, or maybe you're going to fill that quarterback slot tomorrow morning yet. Um, so, shit, let's see. Do you got a backup tight end that we can put in here? No, because your backup tight end, Hayden Hurst, is also on by. Uh, so I'm sure we're going to see some waiver wire movement. I'm going to go ahead and I'll slide in. I'll give you an eight-point slot on that tight end. So we're going to give this, and I've got to imagine filling this quarterback slot with some kind of points. I'll give a 18-point slot, so 26-point slot. I'm going to say this is also an eight-point spread here with centers like me being the favorite. Um, scan through here. I, I'm going to ride once again. I'm going to ride on the favorite train. So I think centers like me takes the cake here. Um, I said, I think Justin Herbert's going to have a good game against Miami Dolphins. I think he's going to keep good times rolling there. Halfbacks I'm suspect on. Liking Stefan Diggs against the Cardinals. Liking Mike Evans this week. Like I said, I think he's going to get things going. Um, and I think that's going to be enough to give you a W. Nate, until I see what you plug in on those tight ends and your quarterbacks, I can't really give a great thing, but I know Kenyon Drake, they're talking about him possibly being back. That might hurt that Chase Edmonds line. Dave Montgomery, he's dealing with that concussion. Not sure if he's going to be able to go. Understanding you do have Jonathan Taylor. Even if you're rolling Jonathan Taylor, I don't like that matchup against the Titans. I don't like the amount of involvement he's had lately. Because of that stuff, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to lay the chips. I'm going to put my money on centers like me. Let's get on to this next matchup. And, man, I tell you what, this is playoff time for the Dirty Van Super Punters. So the Dirty Van Super Punters, very unfortunately, on the year, are sitting at 3-6. and six. Um, Lutrus Cook here right now, he, he's projected to be the winner, 123-116. Christian McCaffrey is ruled doubtful, is now has no points projected, so... Let's see who we think. Let's say we'll go ahead and fill that in with either Ronald Jones or Naeem Hines. We're going to give that 10 points. So we're actually going to have a four-point favorite here on the Dirty Van Super Punters. Um, no Christian McCaffrey. That's tough when he had that going. Um, let's look at Nick Chubbs getting back in the lineup uh, for Russ Cook. He's missing Julio this week. He's missing Amari Cooper this week. Forcing him to roll Zach Moss and Corey Davis. So this one is tricky, tricky, tricky to try to figure out and decide. Um, man, I, I hate to do it do it to you, Nick, but you know what? I'm only going to make this pick just because it has not been your year. I'm going to actually take the underdog and let Russ cook. I think he catapults his record to 7-3. Seven, seven I think he's hungry. He doesn't want to see a Christian McCaffrey-led team in the playoffs. He is going to try to end your season right now this week. Interested to see what happens in this matchup. Going to be a good one. Shooting over, we have the OBJYN versus Wham, Bam, 
Fuck you, Cam. We have a heavy, heavy favorite here on the side of the OBJ line. So they're projected to be a 35-point favorite. Um, I don't know what roster changes are going to be on this. The only thing I see is we have a kicker on by. I can throw you eight points for a kicker bone here, I guess, Alex. I'll put you at a 27-point dog. Um, I think this – Ben's happy. He's going to be able to plug in Mike Davis. Don't like Mike Davis against that front seven against the Bucks. Um, other than that, though, I do like a lot of your matchups. You're rolling here. You're rolling, you know, no Patrick Mahomes. You're rolling Drew Locke in there against Vegas. Drew Locke has actually been a viable fantasy quarterback option, likes matchup against Vegas. Still makes me a little uneasy. Uh, because of that, I'm going to say that wham, bam, fuck you, Cam. No, I do not think they pull off the W, but I think they can easily cover or they do cover a 27-point dog. Um, you know, I haven't done this for any of the matchups here. Let's see here. If I'm going back through it, we've had all Sunday at noons up at this point. I'm going to go ahead and slot this one at Sunday at noon as well. Let's get on to the next matchup here. The Tomcats versus Gurley Gone Wild. Uh, this one in – there's going to have to be some movement here on this one, too. Again, projecting these lines are tough. It's tough on a Wednesday. I like recording these on a Thursday. Rosters are a little bit more set. But right now, it's projected. The Tomcats, 136. The girlie's gone wild, 105. Um, these two guys, I bet you the shit talking. I bet you it's been going. I bet you it's been going already this week. Excited to see who pulls out the dub. So Tomcats, 6-3. and three, Looking to get themselves a 7-3. and Girlie's gone wild, 5-4. and four, Hoping to get themselves a 6 and six and four um first thing i see right away tough for me to project this one i see todd Gurley is on by still in your lineup right now harv let's go down look at your halfbacks you might plug in um and you know i think ben highlighted last week the bench for the squad might not be the strongest in the league i'll give you plugging in i'm gonna say you plug in rest rex burkhead He's projected to get you 8.6. So we're going to say you're a 22-point dog. Um, let's look at some matchups. Carson Wentz against the Giants. I'm liking that. James Conner versus the Bengals. I like that. Tommy's getting Kenyon Drake back. I'm a little suspect on that just because I don't know how much he'll be involved right away. Devontae Adams on heater. He got to roll with it. Tyler Lockett, he'll have a bounce back week. Robert Woods going up against the Seahawks. You got to like that. So strong, strong matchups there. Um, come, come over back to Harv's. What do I like? What don't I like on this? Um, I am liking, always like it. I think DK Metcalf versus the Rams. I think that's going to be, that's going to be good. That's going to be fun. Good times. Um, DJ shark. I don't know if I'm loving that this week. Either way, enough rambling on this. A 22 point dog. I think. Man, you always prove me wrong, Harv. Um, I'm going to say Harv covers, but because those matchups on the Tomcats, I'm giving the outright W to the Tomcats with the girl who's gone wild covering. I'm going to put this one as our Sunday night football night on the matchup. This one has playoff implications. This, these are two rivals. These guys will be talking shit. This is Sunday night football. The final matchup, we have Hungry, Horny, and Pete, Pete, Henry versus the boys of fall. We have 131 points projected to 128. 
These rosters appear to be pretty well set. They're locked in, uh, putting the boys in fall at an eight-point favorite. Um, I'll lock this one in. It's really, I think, our only other matchup that's high, 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 looking to be high scoring and close. So I'm going to go ahead and say we get that that crappy Monday night crew, and we're on Monday night football this week, Quinners. Let's go through here. Um, I'm liking your Deshaun Watson. I don't know why I always want to say Waxon. Deshaun Watson versus the Cleveland Browns. You know my takes on Devin Singletary. Derrick Henry actually has a pretty tough matchup against the Colts. Not loving that for you much. Um, And not sure if I'm loving Adam Thielen against the Bears. Uh, we'll go through here. I do like Chase Claypool against the Bengals. Going through my roster, not a huge fan of, again, if I don't like Adam Thielen going against the Bears, I'm not a huge fan of Dalvin Gook going up against the Bears. Um, let's see. Chris Godwin still in my lineup. Don't know how he's going to be involved. Still has that broken finger. No Travis Kelsey this week, so I have Irv Smith Jr. in there. Um, not sure if Joe Mixon's going to go. I got, I got, I got Clyde on by. So I got Cream Hunt with Chubb coming back in there. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. I think that my team, they're going to come out. They're going to pop. We're going to cover the over the eight points. We're going to get the W over Hungry, Horty, and He He Henry. And that is what I felt felt like it was kind of a sloppy week ten preview. That's why. That's that's what I had for you boys. That's what I got for you. That's what I got for you guys for tonight's show. Before we leave, though, no, it's not Thursday night, but we will get in to the Thursday night football game. I'll give you my betting advice. I'm still a little bitter and pissed off about Nick Mullins in the 49ers. Just goddamn, they had to go for points. They had to push it for points, go for points. At the end of the game, had to screw our under bet last week, Ben. But that's okay. That's fine. You guys covered easily. We liked that. Um, this week, Thursday night football, we have the Indianapolis Colts versus Tennessee Titans, a AFC South showdown with playoff implications. Um, this game's getting played in Nashville in Nissan Stadium right now, uh, at least on Odd Shark. This is showing this as a pick'em game, so it's even uh, Tennessee versus Indianapolis. Tennessee's getting 61% of the bets going their way. We have an over under of 48 and a half, 57% of people say they're going to go over on this thing. Um, this is what I think in a pick them game, especially on a short week on the road. Give me the Titans. I think Titans are the better team than the Colts. Um, something smells a little fishy here. Something seems like I'm probably going to regret that, but I'm going Tennessee Titans Take this one. I think they're the. I think they're a much better team than the Colts. I know the Colts got a good defense, but I think they're a much better team than the Colts. Um, the over under on this forty and a half. Pretty sure that was last week's over under, and I took the under and it bit me in the ass. I'm gonna take the under again. I think this is a rather slow moving game, um, and we're going the under on the forty and a half. So there you go. Take Tennessee Titans locked in. Take the under of forty and a half locked in, and that's all I got for you guys. That's it, boys. It's it's week 10. Every game's got playoff implications. I'm excited to see the ball this week. I'm excited to see what happens in the PHFFL and cover it next week on the Race 3 podcast. For now, cheers.
chicken man in Philly last night. They blow up his house too. Down on the boardwalk, getting ready for a fight. Gonna see what them ragged boys can do. There's trouble busting in from out of state. Central.